I'm sports attorney Luke Fedlam, and welcome to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Each conversation, we focus on sharing information and having conversations around how athletes can best educate and protect themselves for their life outside of their sports. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Luke Fedlam, and I'm excited for another episode where we can talk about how can we protect the possibilities of athletes and those around them. This episode, I'm really excited about because I've had past episodes where we've talked about athletes as CEOs, right? And this idea that the athlete is the CEO of their business that's going on around them while they're playing and when they're done playing their sport. But I've gotten some questions and I wanted to kind of address really from the beginning, what does it mean to be an athlete CEO? What does that even mean? What does it mean to be the CEO of your business? I had the opportunity to speak to an NFL team two seasons ago, it was the season preceding COVID. And I went in, I was talking to the team, second year players, and I'd already given them a presentation the month before. I went in and, and was given a second presentation. And I started off by saying, who in here has been called the CEO of their business or this idea that you're the head of your business? And just about everybody raised their hand that was in the room, about 15 guys. And so then I said, well, how many of you understand what it means to be the CEO of your business? Anybody kind of taught you what it means to be CEO? And most people didn't raise their hands. One or two raised their hands. And what that told me is that sometimes we make assumptions about understanding what it is that something is, right? So what is a CEO? And maybe we understand what it stands for, chief executive officer, but what does that mean on a regular basis? And so I want to spend some time during this episode just talking a little bit about what does it mean to be an athlete CEO, right? And what does it mean to be the head of your business around you? So let's start off with what exactly is a CEO, right? So CEO stands for chief executive officer, and it's the highest ranking executive in a company. And ultimately their responsibilities are for everything that the company does or fails to do it falls on the CEO. They're the head of the company. They make major corporate decisions. They oversee operations and oversee all of the resources of the company. And and really, they're the, the head honcho, if you will. They're on top. And so everyone within the company reports to them, right? Everyone except maybe the board of directors, but that's a another conversation for another episode. But generally speaking, everyone at the company is reporting to someone who ultimately reports to the CEO, the chief executive officer. And I share this with professional athletes because if you were to look at an organizational chart, you would see the CEO at the top. And then from that, you'd have lines that would come down where maybe you have the chief financial officer, the chief operating officer, the chief marketing officer, the chief human resources officer, maybe head of sales might be in there as well. And they all report to the CEO, and then they have people who report to them, who have people who report to them, and so on and so forth. And so the CEO isn't typically getting involved in the business of a designer who's brand new to the company, just starting to do some design work on the marketing team. They're going to ask, the CEO is going to ask the chief marketing officer, how are we coming along with this particular campaign that we're working on? 
or where are we at with our strategic marketing plan as we move forward into this new area? And it's the responsibility of the chief marketing officer to be able to work through down their leadership chain and understand what's happening at every level. And I think it's important to kind of make that analogy because for professional athletes, the interesting thing is that their day-to-day business, the way in which they earn their compensation is by playing their sport, right? So WNBA, NBA, Major League Soccer, NFL, whatever the sport is, the athlete gets paid to play their sport. But there's this other business, their life, the business that's going on around them. And that may entail things like having a separate entity established. And we've done a past episode on getting your startup business going as an athlete CEO. And so we've also done an episode where we've talked about managing the team of advisors around you. And I think one of the most important concepts here, and the reason why I wanted to do an episode just on understanding the roles and responsibilities of being a CEO, is because it's so important to understand that ultimately you are responsible. As the athlete, you are responsible for everything that your business does or fails to do, right? Because it affects you. So when we think about this, let's kind of break this down a little bit. Just like we talked about the organizational chart or the org chart for a company, an athlete has a very similar org chart that they could establish as well. So you've got the athlete CEO at the top, and then you have lines coming down of people who are reporting to the CEO. It could be chief operating officer, which oftentimes would be the equivalent of a business manager for an athlete or someone, maybe it's a family member or some other trusted individual who is just responsible for the operations, the day-to-day operations of that athlete's business and life. And depending on how in-depth the business is that they have, where maybe they actually have operating businesses or other investments that they're kind of overseeing in businesses, then that that could be more complex or not. But if we think about, especially this time of year, you know, the NFL draft is coming up here in a couple weeks. The NBA draft is in a few weeks. So when an athlete is transitioning from college into the pros, we know we just had the WNBA draft, you know, last week. So we're in the middle of this kind of transition for athletes. And when athletes are transitioning from college into the professional ranks, their focus that they want to focus on is their sport. But because this business is happening around them, they have to be actively engaged in it as well. And so having someone that they trust overseeing and or helping them with the day-to-day could be the equivalent of a chief operating officer. We know that most athletes, when they make their transition, one of their first focuses is on how to hire an agent, a player agent to represent them. And so when you think about that, what is that player agent's job? That agent's job is to go out and sell the athlete's talent to teams, right? Get them workouts, get them interviews, make sure that they're fully trained and ready to go. It's all of those things that go into getting the contract that they're looking for and to get drafted, you know, where they want to get drafted and everything. And so it's, it's that work that is very similar to like a head of sales, right? It's like your sales director responsible for selling the company's product, if you will. And in in most of these instances, the product is the athlete's ability to go out and perform in their sport. But there's also opportunity to sell the athlete 
when it comes to marketing and endorsements and other opportunities for off the court or off the field compensation. And so thinking about the agent as well, especially if the agent is providing the marketing services, then they're going to be able to identify those opportunities for athletes to be compensated outside of their sport, which will lead to additional earnings and additional brand building opportunities uh, to be able to grow their brand and ultimately hopefully continue to grow their business um, and grow their revenue. So when you think about that, that's kind of like the head of sales. It may bleed over a little bit into the chief marketing officer, right? Agents, especially on the marketing side, could really serve in that capacity. Sometimes if an athlete selects to go with a larger agency, they may have one person that's identified as their player agent, but then within the same agency have a different person that's responsible for their marketing opportunities. And so that's how you could kind of see that split, your marketing person obviously being responsible for all of your opportunities to earn compensation beyond your sport. And those really fit into that role of chief marketing officer. What does your brand look like? Um, What are the things that you're posting on social media, right? What is it that people would say about you if you did a brand study or a brand analysis on a particular player? What is it that fans or others are saying? How engaged is the social media following, et cetera? So all of these things really lend themselves to like that chief marketing officer. But then when you keep going, you've got general counsel. And obviously I could talk about this part for for hours. Um, This is pretty much what I do is serve as general counsel for professional athletes. I'm not an agent. And so my focus is on how to make sure that anything that the athlete signs their name to, that they fully understand the legal impact of signing their name to whatever that agreement is or whatever that document is, and that we creatively find ways to make sure that we can help athletes limit their liability because, you know, obviously as high wage earners, as celebrities, they are often targets for lawsuits or targets for people who are trying to violate, you know, their privacy. And so we want to make sure that we ultimately can protect them across the board. And so that's really what a general counsel does. So just like at a company being responsible for all of the legal issues that are affecting the company, general counsel for an athlete is responsible for all of the potential legal matters that might affect the athlete on a day-to-day basis. That could be the marketing opportunities that they have in front of them. It could be investments that they want to make in businesses, purchasing real estate, estate planning, tax issues, filing for trademark and brand protections, starting and overseeing a nonprofit. I mean, there are a lot of different things that involve legal that a lot of athletes don't realize until we start having these kind of conversations. So we've talked about the agent as the head of sales. We've talked about the marketing agent as the chief marketing officer. We've talked about a family member or a trusted individual serving as that chief operating officer who's overseeing kind of the day-to-day operations. We talked about the general counsel and the legal oversight, but there's also the chief financial officer, somebody that's responsible for finance. And this can be really broken down into a couple of ways. You could have the finance side, which is really the budgeting. And so having a financial advisor, especially when an athlete is just transitioning into a professional league, really understanding the budget is critically important. Think about this. An athlete transitioning from college to the pros in college, oftentimes, especially, you know, we're still not in a name, image, and likeness environment yet. So athletes in college, you know, typically don't have much disposable income. And so all of a sudden now they transition into the pros and now they have significant money coming in, but they also have significant expenses. So, you know, you may have gone to school in 
one state and maybe it was a, a smaller town or, or maybe it was even a, a, you know, somewhat of a mid-level city, but now all of a sudden you're playing on a professional team in a big city. And so if let's say you were played at University of Texas in Austin and you end up getting drafted to go play in New York City, you could have very different monthly spending habits living and playing in a city like New York versus living and playing in a city like Oklahoma City or Seattle or in Florida somewhere like Jacksonville. So it's understanding what am I spending? What should my budget be? What does my lifestyle kind of month to month budget even look like? And so that chief financial officer should first and foremost be focused on what is it that you need in order to make it through in the way in which you want to live so that you can start to set a baseline for your budget, right? And, and you want to be able to understand that. So there's that piece. Then there's also the accounting piece. And so that accounting piece is really important, especially if you have a separate entity set up for your off-the-court, off-the-field opportunities. Being able to have that advisor in place proactively and not just reactively uh, is important as well because there are a lot of decisions that can be made around the operations of your business and the way money flows in and through your business uh, that can have a taxable impact. So you really want to have that accountant as part of your overall team as well. Now, I shared those positions with you to give some more context around this org chart, if you will. But the important thing to take away from all of this is this is it's the org chart itself, right? It's the image of the athlete CEO on top and all of these positions reporting to the athlete as the CEO. Now, you may have a little dash or a little line off where the COO maybe plays that intermediary role, where maybe they kind of oversee a lot of these advisors. But I tell athletes all the time, when you're first starting off in your career, obviously you want to focus on your sport. But you really have to take the time to learn and understand your business. You want to understand what is it that you are dealing with on a daily basis. What is your business? Because everyone in, that's in those roles, they all work for you as the athlete. They are responsible to you. Now, while they may be much older than you, they may have much more experience in that particular area than you, ultimately, they report to you. You can hire and fire them at any time. And I tell that to my clients all the time, right? You can hire me, you can fire me whenever you want. And my job is to earn your business every single day. With every project that I do, with every contract that I analyze or every you know feedback, piece of feedback I give you on a deal that you're interested in doing, that's how I earn your business. And every advisor should be in that same boat. And so you want to make sure that you are in position to be able to hold those advisors accountable. So a couple of things to think about when you do that. Number one, you should always feel comfortable asking your advisor a question, right? You should always be comfortable asking your advisor a question. If there's something that you don't understand, you should be able to feel comfortable in telling your advisor, I don't understand what you're saying. And if you don't even know where to start on how to ask the question, you just know that you don't understand you can simply say, I don't understand what you're saying about this. Can you explain it to me in another way? And if your advisor cannot explain whatever it is that they're doing for you in a way that you understand, then maybe they shouldn't be your advisor, right? And that's just to say, we should be able to break down whatever it is that we're talking to you about in a way that you understand because you are the one that has to make the decision based on the information and the analysis that's provided. 
So making sure that you're comfortable asking questions and that the person that you're asking questions of is able to answer you in a way that you understand is so critical. A lot of times I've seen situations where advisors want to use all these technical terms and sound super, super smart and kind of speak right over the top of people's heads. That's not helpful, right? That doesn't help you make decisions. That doesn't help you become more equipped to be a better CEO of your business, to be a better decision maker for the decisions that you have related to your business and how you're growing and where you're going. So you want to make sure that you have people who can directly answer your questions in ways that you understand. And so finally, I think it's important that when we think about the athlete CEO, it's like, so what are you going to do as CEO, right? What do you want your advisors who are working for you to do? One of the things that I oftentimes share a lot with parents of athletes as they're transitioning into the pros is that parents will oftentimes play that role of either that chief operating officer, if you will, that person that's overseeing all of the advisors, um, or at least uh, playing a role in all that. And I share with them, it's important for the athlete to see this happen. It's important for the athlete to understand, not to be involved in all the minutia, but to at least see what goes into overseeing a team of advisors. Because this is how you learn. You see it, you watch it, you ask questions about it, right? So I always recommend to athletes, I think it's important to have annual meetings, at least an annual meeting, one annual meeting, if not you know, having two uh, semi-annual meetings with all of your advisors. And now so many of us have gotten comfortable with Zoom and you know, other video conferencing platforms that it's easier to convene a meeting of your advisors you know, via video. And in doing that, you have the opportunity to hear from them. What are they working on? What are they doing? How does that fit into the overall vision of where you want to take your career? Is there a series of checks and balances, right? So is the financial advisor doing everything that they want to do in a vacuum and no one else kind of sees what they're doing or understands what they're doing? Or is there oversight by different advisors to be able to help provide that level of protection, that those checks and balances that you need? So having these meetings allow for the opportunity for people to, to share what they're working on, to share where things are going. And it's that, that shared information that does a couple things. Number one, as a CEO, it helps you make informed decisions about where you want to continue to take your career beyond your sport. Number two, it helps you to understand the people that are working for you, how you can hold them accountable. Are they doing what they said they were going to do? So if we had a meeting six months ago and we're having another meeting now, have they done the things that they said they were going to do? Have they kind of followed up with you in the way that you wanted to be followed up with? All right, what are your expectations and are they meeting your expectations? And the other thing to think about too, by having these meetings, it also helps to establish the fact that you are the CEO. You all as advisors work for me as the CEO, right? I think that's, that's the point that we want to get through to athletes so that you understand that you have the ability, you have the ability to convene these meetings when necessary because ultimately all of these people who are your advisors, they work for you. And when I think about athlete empowerment, that's so critically important is to realize the position that you have as CEO. And when you think about this, if you think about your actual sport as a career, think about all the time that you put into it, right? From watching film, to weightlifting and physical training, to physical therapy, recovery, 
actual X's and O's, the drills that you do, practice, and ultimately performing in the game, that's a lot, right? But think you don't want to leave your business outside of sports to run itself. You want to stay engaged and you want to stay engaged as the CEO. Hire people who you trust, who you've gotten to know, and who you can hold accountable to serve in these key roles for you so that ultimately you can lean on them as you're looking for analysis and as you're looking for information so that you can make the right strategic decisions about where your career goes from here. As athletes, you have a lot of opportunities to have a positive impact on yourself, your family, and your community. And having the right team around you and truly acting as that athlete CEO that holds that team accountable will set you up for success throughout your playing career, but then most importantly, when you transition beyond your playing career, and now you're making decisions for the rest of your life in terms of what life is gonna look like. And the last thing I'll say is while you're playing, that is the best time to set yourself up for a career outside of your sport. I'm gonna do a whole other episode on this another time, but just to give you a little teaser, when you are playing, even right after your rookie year, when you think about that first off season you have, you have the opportunity to be able to build relationships and think about those things that you want to do potentially when your career is over and reach out to those people. Start reaching out to people that are doing that work. Let's just make this real. If you're interested in real estate, all right, which is something I hear quite a bit from people. If you're interested in real estate, when your first season is over with, you should think about And talk to your advisors about it, right? Obviously, as lawyers, we have plenty of clients who do all different kinds of things. Your financial advisors have clients who do all different kinds of things. Agents have a lot of relationships and network. Marketing people have a lot of relationships. If you're interested in real estate, let's say, then you should try to start getting a 360-degree view of what, what does that even mean? Because with real estate, you could get into real estate development. You could get into the investment sides of real estate, like real estate investment trusts. You could get into the actual construction side of real estate. You could get into so many different areas, right? Commercial, residential, buy and hold, buy and flip. I mean, there are a lot of different ways to think about it. So why not spend time throughout your off season? We know you're going to be training, but why not taking a couple hours a week and shadowing somebody that's in a different part of the real estate world? And it, it doesn't matter if your interest was culinary, right? And into cooking or whatever. Go spend some time shadowing some different chefs. Um, if it's, you know, whatever that might be, business, marketing, whatever. Say you went to a photo shoot and you really like this particular company that's having you as a brand ambassador. Wow, what a great way for you to be able to get involved in, you know, shadowing people around and understanding how that works so that you're building relationships, expanding your network, and setting yourself up for success. And you can do all that when you know you have a strong team around you who's running the day-to-day and managing the day-to-day of your business, but that's equipping you so that you can make those informed and educated strategic decisions in your life outside of your sport. So hopefully this episode gave you some more context on what it actually means to be the athlete CEO, how you can put that into effect for yourself. And I know that there's so much more there. We're gonna revisit it in some future episodes. But for now, just remember, you are empowered and everyone who works for you, works for you, all right? So you wanna make sure that you hold them accountable to everything they say they're gonna do. So it's all about being that athlete CEO. Hopefully you found value in this episode. Definitely thank you all for the comments, for the ratings, and for all of the support. 
that the podcast has received. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on social media at Luke Fedlam or feel free to leave comments in the comments section on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. But I really enjoy having these conversations and um, I hope you do too. So please feel free to share them with colleagues, share them with friends, and we'll keep this, keep this thing going forward. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day. Porter Wright, Morris & Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. The content of this publication is not intended as legal advice for any purpose, and you should not consider it as such. It does not necessarily reflect the views of the firm as to any particular matter or those of its clients. Please consult an attorney for specific advice regarding your particular situation.